Welcome to Season 4, Episode 44 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome to the Family Travel Podcast, where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip travel, camping, caravanning, product reviews, where to go, what to see, and so much more. Oh, well, thank you again for joining us. This week is awesome. We continue our Western Australian adventure with a 900-kilometre road trip, saying goodbye to the incredible Cape Range National Park, a quick stop for lunch at Coral Bay. We overnight in Carnarvon before stopping to spend a few nights exploring the spectacular spectacular region of Kelbarry. And in the newsroom this week, we'll be discussing some feel-good news. Yes. A wonderful partnership between the very well-known Red Ark and also Orange Sky. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Another fantastic episode coming up. Look, before we say goodbye to Cape Range National Park, I just have to once more revisit how spectacular this region of Australia is An absolute highlight, I think, Mm. of our lap year so far. Definitely a highlight from our Western Australian travels. Look, the thing I think really is going to stay with us forever is that first that Jasper got to experience Mm. and and then a first really as a family to be able to snorkel in this world-class coral reef. I mean, it is truly breathtakingly beautiful. I just couldn't get over how clear the clarity of the water here is outstanding. It is absolutely remarkable Mm. and that you can access this camping area in any rig that you had. And I love this. We've had so many comments come in on our YouTube channel to say, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. I never knew that you could camp at some of these places Mm. with a normal non-off-road vehicle. The fact that the roads all throughout the Cape Range National Park are fully sealed with the Mm -hmm. exception of the in and outs to the campgrounds, it's so accessible for any type of traveller. So do yourself a favour, put this one high up on your bucket list. Yes, and the other thing too is that the actual management and maintenance of the roads is outstanding. Mm. Like they're there really couldn't be a much easier access for any type of vehicle, as you say. So, yeah. yes, put it on the list. Okay, we will be back, Cape Range National Park. We headed back through Exmouth. It really is the only way that you can access mm-hmm. it if you're, you're towing a rig. Uh, and pretty well any vehicle uh, really has to go back out through the gateway uh, of Exmouth. Mm-hmm. Good chance for us to restock also refill our fuel tank Mm. and also our water tanks on the van before we started the journey of 900 kilometres this week. Now, it is 470 kilometres, including our our stop to Coral Bay, to Carnarvon. Mm. So it is a fairly decent-sized drive day and the diesel fuel is starting to get up there. It's getting close to $2 a litre. Yeah, it uh, it actually hurts a little bit stopping yep. at the fuel stations. Um, this particular stretch 
of Western Australia, of the coast, really mm. does make you realise not only how remote you are, but mm. the distances, the expanses in between major points. Yeah. Exmouth to Carnarvon, it is a long way. It really is a long way. And the good thing, though, with Coral Bay is – well, one that we stopped because, you know, we really were going to just continue on down the road. And fortunately, the the sign into Coral Bay said 12 kilometres. And I thought, oh, 12 k's is, you know, it's only going to add another 25 kilometres to our overall journey today. Mm-hmm. Let's check it out. Uh, as we drove and entered into Coral Bay, it is really tiny. And as you said, I mean, you can't find a more remote location, but it has everything you need. It is set up like a really just recently built and developed seaside village. Like it looks so new. Yes. It it almost felt to me like we'd driven through some sort of portal and popped out. <laughs> Time travel as we are. Yes. Yeah. In this tropical, mm. incredible island escape. I mean, yes. the colour of the water all along this Western Australian coast is just absolutely mind-blowing. And to see the palm trees swaying in the breeze and the beautiful white sands and to be met with the bay, Coral mm. Bay, yeah. it is just absolutely stunning. We only had lunch here, but it made us realise mm. this is somewhere where we could come back and spend a good couple of weeks, not only enjoying all of the things that you can do from this location, but also to just have that real holiday vibe downtime mm-hmm. where you're making the most of the environment. I think that's it for us, you know, we look like we're always on a holiday, mm-hmm. uh, always filming every day, there's cameras in hand and we'd love to go back here, not take a picture. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like to actually hard have to do. <laughs> time off in a location like this, you know, no matter what your uh, vocation is, would be the idyllic getaway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, if you Googled spectacular places <laughs> by the beach for me to go and relax, Coral Bay would come up for sure. It is just gorgeous. Look, in true WA seasonal uh, uh, weather patterns, it was blowing a gale. Mm-hmm. Okay, blow Vember for a reason, right? But the actual bay is protected. So there would have been, you know, 50, 60 people down there all enjoying this absolutely picture-perfect beach day mm. because the wind was kind of coming across and missing the bay and looking at the tops of the palm trees, particularly particularly at that caravan park, yes. you know, you could see that it was uh, it was certainly blowing a gale. The caravan park position is straight opposite the bay. And again, it's so inviting. Mm. Perfect green lawns. Yes, very well manicured. <laughs> yes. Like you said, everything was shiny mm. and new mm. and, and had that real, almost that resort style yes. vibe to it. Very welcoming. All you wanted to do was go and park up your van and just pull the awning out, you know, crack a cold beverage and oh, really yeah. just enjoy. We didn't. We did stop and have lunch, though, at Finn's Cafe, which was fantastic. Yeah, definitely give them a shout out. That was a wonderful experience. They had mm. the tunes pumping mm. and uh, great food, great value and fresh seafood. It's really the the seafood mecca of WA, this region, this coast, isn't it? Mm. Oh, 
awesome, mm. really, really lovely. And so we have put that on our list, mm. definitely to come back. Do you know, right next door to Finns is the main tour hub mm. where you can book all of your tours and probably their most famous tour is Swimming with Manta Rays. Oh. Wow. Yes. So tempting for mm. us to, mm, can we squeeze in an overnight? But we do want to come back and do this properly. And they offer these manta ray swims all year round, mm. which I find just incredible. Of course, you can also do a whale shark swim from this location in whale shark season as well, which is across the, the winter months of mm-hmm. the season. But the manta rays look amazing and some of the footage uh, that we were able to access via Tourism Western Australia and include in our YouTube Mm. episode that features Coral Bay, oh, it again – Another bucket list item. I've just added that to my experiences must do. I also thought for, you know, a bucket list experience of being able to swim with manta rays, Mm -hmm. it was really inexpensive compared to some of these other natural experiences like horizontal falls or, uh, you know, swimming with whale sharks. Mm -hmm. I I was quite surprised. I mean, very affordable if you are after a wildlife experience like this. A wow wildlife experience. Yeah, in this beautiful ocean Mm. environment. Okay, so goodbye Coral Mm. Bay. Yeah, we'll be back Mm. with good books. Yes. Good podcasts yeah. and a hammock. Oh, for sure. And a <laughs> case of wine. Or- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we'll be back. Awesome. Can't wait. Okay. Our next port of call is Carnarvon. Mm-hmm. Now, that's another 240 kilometres down the road. The really great thing about this, although there is really nothing to see or stop and do unless you pull into Coral Bay between Exmouth and Carnarvon, The little rest stops, and we've said it before on this podcast, Mm -hmm. that WA Manage are so beautifully presented and so well managed that you can really pull up at a number of them and really have a good rest, Mm. and it's clean and tidy. It's, you know, the toilets are immaculate. They're doing a really great job. Yeah, they sure are. And, uh, you know, with the amount of travellers on these roads and the amount of kilometres in between the major hubs, it's so important to have these places Mm. that are inviting for you to pull over. And of course, that also helps with road safety and minimising accidents or incidents caused by fatigue as well. Yeah, a great opportunity for us to not only get the one finger away from Jasper, generally meaning we stop, please, Dad, but to have a cuppa as well. So mm. I love that about having the van on the back. You can just pull over and make up a, a lunch wrap or yep. a cuppa. Perfect. Awesome. Mm. Okay, Carnarvon, interesting. We didn't know what to expect. Look, I said to Kate, how can this place have seven caravan parks? Unbelievable. <laughs> and the only answer that we could come up with is that it is the major stop point. If you are doing the drive along the Western Australian coast between Perth or Geraldton and Exmouth, mm-hmm. chances are you are going to stop in Carnarvon because for hundreds and hundreds of kilometres, there is nowhere else or nothing else for you to stop for. It's in the middle of nowhere. It really is. Um, So, yes, we were surprised to see seven caravan parks and we basically just drove in through town Mm. and pulled up at the very last caravan park in town closest to the town centre. 
amazing though that it can cater for so many travellers and I would imagine that in peak season here in WA, Mm. every single caravan park in Carnarvon would be humming. Yeah, it'd be good to put a time-lapse camera in there and watch that (laughs) ebb and flow of people just, you know, getting to that further outlying regions of Exmouth and then up to, you know, Broome and and beyond Mm. in the Kimberleys. one of the, the real noticeable things about Carnarvon were the posters, yes. even billboards uh, out the front of everyone's shops that had all of those pre-existing posters basically saying, please help us find Cleo Smith mm-hmm. with now new signage that said, our little girl's home. Yes, absolutely. Thank God, you know, the miracles happened, you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this story made... Worldwide headlines, obviously, with the disappearance of this little girl, Cleo Smith, in the surrounds of Carnarvon, camping with her family. Incredibly. I mean, it's a miracle, of course, that she was found safe and well and has been reunited with her family. And to see those messages of, oh, it makes me emotional even thinking about it now. The messages of love and support from the entire Carnarvon community. And, I mean, we're talking like even out the front of the Mitre 10 where they have their their big billboard that they can slide the letters in to put whatever message or sale is happening had, you know, welcome home, Cleo. Mm. It was just overwhelming. I love that the posters weren't just pulled down, that they actually Mm. then just used those to reinforce this positive message that, you know, it was a community, you know, agreement that this, this was, if this affects all of us. Absolutely. And a perfect example is even somebody as young as Jasper, who is five, Mm. really understood that messaging of mum, mum, look, the posters have all got love hearts on them. They've Mm. got kisses, X's and O's on them. He really understood that she had been found and this was such a a miracle for not only the family, but everybody. For everyone. That's right. And Interestingly, there are so many more questions now mm. than answers. So, you know, I'm sure as that trial unfolds and, you know, we'll, we'll bring you more news on that as, as it happens and I'm sure everyone will be intrigued to see what's, what's the whole story. Amazing result though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving on, another really interesting fact about Carnarvon is that it is considered the food bowl of Western Australia. 80% of the fresh produce supplied to the entire state of Western Australia is grown within the Carnarvon region, which really excites me. And again, we were in and out. We were overnighting because we are making a beeline down the coast. We arrived fairly late in the afternoon. We stayed hooked up in a pull-through site. We left fairly early the next morning. But I'm excited to come back and explore this food bowl region. They've got a, uh, a trail there. What's it called? It's called the Fruit Loop Trail, which I think is fantastic. Because <laughs> it goes in a loop. But <laughs> yeah. That's great. I haven't seen that name used anywhere before. It's awesome. There's a lot of Fruit Loops out there. Me included. I think if you're a foodie or you're really, you know, you love your your fresh produce, then this would be a fantastic place Mm. to come and not only be able to shop local, but to also explore and enjoy some of the experiences that they have catered around this food bowl. Yes. And interestingly, as you're driving in from, you know, 70, 80 kilometres out, 
you start to see the agriculture mm-hmm. and then the same on the on the way back out through town. So yeah. that there really is nothing else other than agriculture around this area. Actually, one other attraction, a major attraction, is the Science and Technology Museum mm-hmm. of Carnarvon. Its claim to fame is really cool because back in 1969 when Neil Armstrong took his first steps on the moon, they were one of the relays. They were like, I think, the second in line with parks that helped actually beam those images around the world. So they were significant in that historical mm. event. And so you can go and learn about that and check out that. And there's a big dish there. And, mm. uh, you know, we were pulling out early that morning, so we kind of waved to it out the window. But we thought, oh, that would be really cool to actually yeah. visit and stop and do as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Especially one. after our experience in parks. Oh. We just loved The Dish, you know, mm-hmm. that movie. It's it's one of the good Aussie films if you haven't seen it, yeah. The Dish. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. So lots more in this particular part of Western Australia for us to explore. We are already uh, working on a plan to come back for another visit. It's a really good point. Look, everyone has, uh, that has written in and asked that question, why are you rushing now? Mm. And it, it's a couple of reasons, but – We'd given ourselves three months to do WA, bum, bow, oversight, <laughs> undersight, something. Yeah, look, definitely not enough to mm. really make the most of it for our style of travel. Look, if you've got three months and that's what you've got, awesome. If you've got less than that and that's what you've got, awesome. But for us, we really love to not only tick off all the major highlights, but find those hidden gems and get into those places and meet those peoples and find those stories that you may not necessarily know about or that you could miss if you are limited on time. So we are definitely planning an extended version of WA. In fact, we could probably do, you could probably easily do your own lap year of WA. Definitely, definitely. And for us, we had a couple of appointments that we had committed to in Perth, Mm. so we are on our way there. In fact, the next leg of our journey from Carnarvon to Kelbarri was another 440 kilometres the next day. And uh, these are pretty normal Mm kilometres, really. Yeah. Okay, so we pulled into Kelbarri and, wow, look, uh, quite a devastating experience for that township back in, I think it was April Mm. or May, April, they had a cyclone rip through there. That's 2021 if you're you're listening to this at a a different timestamp. But amazingly, this cyclone and this severity of of this Mm. weather event hasn't been experienced this far south down the West Coast before. Mm. So they really copped it. I mean, it flattened this town and uh, the, the amount of businesses that were boarded up and uh, tarped up and still closed. Mm. Uh, the residents, you know, are all really trying to do what they can to repair and rebuild. Mm. What was really noticeable is that most of the foreshore trees have been chopped down mm. because of how damaged they all were. Mm. Uh, anyone that was on the front actually has been completely destroyed or you know, is is needing a major rebuild. And so there wasn't a lot of people there. No, that's right. Which which is really kind of the sad part of a devastation like this for any any township when there's a natural disaster. Mm. More than anything, it needs people. You know, Mm. it needs tourism. It needs help. It needs money injected back into their their economy. And so we really took that opportunity to, Mm -hmm. you know, 
eat out, go to the pub, which is one of the businesses that was still open, mm-hmm. which is thankful for the township as well. Yes. Uh, and uh, the pizza shop and the fish and chip shop. And, yeah, I, I think if, if you're in this region overnight uh, – for three nights, you know, yeah. spend a few nights here and, uh, yeah, dig deep and help them out because that is going to be the best way to help this community rebuild, I believe. Yeah, perfectly said, Paul. And look, to be honest, you're going to want that amount of time anyway mm. because there is a lot to do in and around Calbarry, mm-hmm. including the spectacular national park that we will talk about. But the the beaches, there's swimming rock pools, there is, of course, the beautiful river that winds its way from the ocean, the Murchison River, all the way out to the National Park. So fishing, cray fishing wow. is huge here as well. There is enough to do to keep you here for days and days on end. And, of mm. course, again, just being in this beautiful seaside environment, it's really spectacular. Oh, I didn't feel that the... The real tourism brochures that I saw sold it well enough. Mm. No disrespect to those marketing people. But, uh, oh, yeah, when Kate first said, oh, look, we should spend a few nights, I was like, eh, you know, let's let's see how we go when we get there. I'm so glad that we stopped, you know, and we actually took our time. In particular, the National Park, mm. Kalbarri National Park, uh, you can get a day pass. I think it's $15 a vehicle mm-hmm. with up to 12 people in that vehicle yes. <laughs> safely legally, uh, and to get a day pass and to go and see two particular attractions mm-hmm. that we, we enjoyed, and that was the Skywalk mm-hmm. and Nature's Window. So let's talk about the Skywalk first. Oh, incredible. Talk about a, mm. a world-class piece of infrastructure yes. that has been really perfectly, I think, placed within the environment, mm-hmm. but that works harmoniously with the environment. You know, like Mm. sometimes we'll see these places where these structures are in incredible environments and you just think, oh, eyesore. they could have done that a bit better. I think what they have done here at Calbarry is absolutely spot on and this skywalk is so impressive. If you know who the architect is actually or how they collaborated to design this incredible structures – let us know. Mm. I, I haven't looked that up, so I can't share that. But it is completely accessible. That That is another one of these mm. outstanding, thoughtful parts of design that mm-hmm. more often than not, particularly through history, have been missed. You yeah. know, So you can walk, stroll, push your wheelchair, your mobility device from the car park straight out onto the skywalk. Mm. It really is only couple of hundred metres, plus some beautiful sculptures, interpretive signage, storytelling that's low enough for the kids to get. Mm -hmm. You know, the Indigenous language is storyboarded all the way through, the people of the region, why this place is so special through times. Mm -hmm. I I just thought it was so perfectly presented. As you said at the top, it is world class. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is. Mm. And, And then you walk out onto these platforms that are cantilevered off the edge of this incredible gorge that looks down over the river as it snakes its way through the Mm. valley. It is just beautiful. Even Jasper, who's five, was in awe of how beautiful this skywalk and and Mm. the view and the vista was. And again, Paul captured some incredible 
incredible drone footage that we encourage Mm. you if you haven't already jump on over to the youtube episode and check it out it is just beautiful the thing that sets kalbari national park the thing that sets kalbari national park aside for me Mm -hmm. is the style of flora that is within the national park it is very different to other national parks that we have hiked or visited. So I colourful. The wildflowers were amazing. Yeah. We stopped every 30 seconds because I said to Paul, oh, I've got to get out and take a photo of that. Oh, stop here, I've got to get out and take a photo of that. Apparently the wildflower season is incredible and we must have just caught on the very last the edge tail end. of that. Yeah. There was so much colour and variety in the mm-hmm. plants that grow here in the National Park. Just beautiful. The other thing that I think is so awesome about this park is that you could go any time of the day and it would look different. Mm. Um, a really good tip from us is that we went nice and early in the yeah. morning and there's a, a self-check-in if you need to check in. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that actually in my takeaway for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can stop right at the entry there, get out and, you know, pay wave, tap and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going early would be a really great tip because there was no one there for the first, you know, must have been 20, 30 minutes mm. that we got to experience that skywalk and, they're like two massive A's that, mm. as you said, that are cantilevered out over the gorge. Yeah. It's just breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah. Uh, let's move on then to our next part mm-hmm. of, of this experience, and that was Nature's Window. How perfectly named is this location? Yeah, it is, and I'm sure you will have seen images of this all over inter- Pinterest and Instagram and, you know, definitely worth a Google as well. Mm-hmm. Again, what is amazing is that it is such a short walk. I mean, I think it was... 500 metres, I think. Yeah, about that. You do have to come down a few stairs. Quite steep, actually. Yes. So not accessible um, unless, yeah, you, you have um, ability, really, and physical ability to get down these sets of stairs. Mm-hmm. They're very steep. But otherwise, uh, a great concreted pathway the whole way mm-hmm. down. And it was interesting as we were getting closer to nature's window, it was very reminiscent of parts of the Kings Canyon rim yeah. walk in how the environment and the sandstone and the erosion that is happening, how it looked and how it felt, but very, very safe. In fact, it Safer than Kings Canyon. Much safer. And even the footage that we captured when we were watching it back, we both commented how it actually makes it look a lot more dangerous to Mm. access than it actually is. We did it super easy with Jasper without any concerns Mm -hmm. for his safety as far as the edges go. Once you get to nature's window, of course, it is exactly that. It is an incredible window that has been eroded away by the wind and the rain that looks out again over the beautiful river as it bends its way through the valley I mean, it's an awesome photo opportunity, but just a beautiful place to sit and take in the view as well. Again, we were so lucky to be there by ourselves. Uh, As we were making our way back out of that location, actually, 
we ran into quite a few people who were finishing the other attraction here, and that's the nine-kilometre loop mm. walk of this uh, area. So that would be wonderful to do. At this time of year, getting in, into the start of summer, mm. you have to have commenced that walk by 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. or you actually risk getting a $500 fine. Yeah, that's right. They mm. um, they have signage up everywhere and while they can't physically close off the trail, um, you are in need of getting on that trail by 7 a.m. so that you finished it before the height of the day because the temperatures, of course, can soar particularly mm-hmm. down on the floor of the valley. Mm-hmm. So we one for us to go back and do when Jasper's maybe a year or two older mm-hmm. because nine kilometres will be fine for him by then. I would love to do that. I think it would be an absolutely beautiful walk because it takes you up on the rim but also then down onto the the river edge and the floor of the valley. You'd want to be fairly fit. Yes, I think think so. You'd want to have all of those, you know, normal hiking Mm. requirements, you know, good appropriate footwear, hiking boots, plenty of water, maybe a couple of sticks as well just to to keep your balance. Uh, But look, I think, you know, Stick to the rules, again, as we've always said. Mm. Uh, these recovery, <laughs> people recovery uh, expenses are huge yeah. in this remote region. So, yeah, stick to the plan. All right, back to town in Kelbarry. Another part of the experience that we really loved was also the cliffs mm. and getting to walk out to, was it called Red Bluff? Yes. Yeah, and be able to stand out on this cliff edge and then look back across the coastline, back to Kel Barry was absolutely stunning. That's right. And again, so many different vantage points where you can pull in lookouts and various mm. walks that you can do short to longer as well along these coastal cliff edges. Mm-hmm. So, So much to explore. And if you love your hiking, this would be an awesome place to get your boots on every day and go and do a little bit more, you know, whether it is out in the National Park or the National Park comes all the way down to this coastal region as well, Mm -hmm. where you can do those cliff edge walks. I think that would be not only breathtaking, but get your adrenaline pumping as well, I think. Look, because this location is so spectacular and along the coast here, it will, will rebuild, it yes. will recover. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you can get there and, and uh, spend some money and, and uh, spend some really good time making some amazing memories, then do it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Okay, should we talk about our takeaway? Yeah, look, my takeaway this week is to fact check, <laughs> as I like to say. Yeah. We've had a couple of experiences, um, three in fact, coming down from Broome where – We've just taken the good advice of, of someone about an experience or a place or or whatever it is, uh, and it's not been the correct information. So mm. our advice really, it's like Wikipedia, Wikipedia mm-hmm. yeah? yeah, Wikicamps, yeah. is that what it's called, yeah. sorry, is that you don't necessarily believe those reviews, you know. You really have to make your own decision. You have to do your own research, you know, and, and we get it wrong sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Particularly when we got to Kelbarry National Park, we'd been told that it's not part of the park's pass, 
That is that you you can buy a Parks Pass back at Cape Range. We bought a month because we thought, oh, that's great. We'll get to go and see all of these other national parks. And then we got to Kelbarri and we were told, well, unfortunately, the Skywalk and Kelbarri isn't included. So we drove up. We paid our $15. extra yeah, $15, yep. which, you know big deal really $15 mm. but it wasn't until after the fact that we found out that that it is in fact included in the price um, another couple of experiences where we'd arranged to meet a group of other campers and uh, we're going to go to this particular um, cliff face restaurant area and we were told oh look it's actually closed mm. on Tuesdays <laughs> yeah so then the other campers had to leave so we didn't get to have that experience well we went down there and it was open mm. and we're like Ah, oh, that's such a bummer, but it was yeah. because we'd been told the wrong information. So my takeaway is, yeah, double check, fact check. Yeah, absolutely. Good <laughs> advice. And you will get it wrong sometimes. I mean, we, we certainly yes. have. But um, if, especially if there's something that you're really wanting to do, you've got your heart set on it, yeah, make sure you do your research. All right, into the newsroom this week. And we're talking about Red Arc. Now, if you have been around RVs or caravanning or been trying to do some upgrades to your four-wheel drive, you would know exactly who this Australian company is. Red Arc are responsible for really being able to provide a lot of energy answers and solutions to the RV industry. Mm-hmm. They've been able to partner with a wonderful organisation, a charitable organisation known as Orange Sky. Yes. Now, if you haven't heard of Orange Sky, it is fabulous. And the brainchild of two Brisbane young men who came up with this idea of being able to support and assist people, Indigenous remote communities, and also people who may find themselves homeless and in need of clean laundry. Now, it sounds like such a basic thing but this is Mm -hmm. something that we all need as humans we take for granted don't we we absolutely do and let's be honest when we have clean fresh laundry whether it's the clothes on our back or or our bedding doesn't that make you feel so much better and Mm. so they developed orange sky which is basically a series of vans that they have turned into mobile laundries and they take around to areas where people can come and have their laundry how clean cool is that idea It is so cool. It's been an incredible success for them. And what they are doing now with Red Arc is taking it to the next level. They have partnered to create the world's first solar-powered mobile laundry, which is really, really cool because the innovation behind this and what it is going to do as a game changer for them and also provide them access to some of these more remote communities where mm-hmm. they may not be able to access power to actually run these vehicles is just incredible. And what I love is that they've they've done a three-month trial across this year and they've gone into some really, really remote communities, including uh, places like Fitzroy Crossing, where we passed through on our way from Kununurra to Broome. And they are providing these services to more and more people in need. So a very, very cool partnership. I'm excited to see what comes of this now that they have this first van mm-hmm. and it it has washers and dryers in it. They've also got vehicles now that allow people to shower. 
Exactly. So they've taken the laundry concept and now they have their, their bathroom concept as well, which again is, is such a basic human need, but doesn't it make a huge difference to how you feel? And the other part of this that I really love mm. is that they always have six orange chairs that they pull out whenever they pull up at a park or a location and they put those six orange chairs out so that the people who are coming can come and do their laundry, sit, have a connection with somebody, have a yarn, have a cuppa, have a moment that is going to make a positive impact in their life. Do you know what? That just occurred to me. That human connection and that human touch is something, again, that fundamentally you need to survive. You, you need that in your life. And yeah. so these guys are doing more than just washing clothes and absolutely. washing bodies, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. We encourage you to check out Orange mm. Sky. We're certainly not affiliated with them in any way, but we love what they do. There are loads of different ways that you can help make a difference if you are moved to do that with them. So definitely jump online and check their website out. Orange Sky. And well done to Red Ark as well. Absolutely. We've got plenty of their gear, so we can vouch for them as well. Good job, guys. All right. We are going to wrap it up there. Next week, we are heading through Perth. Yes, finally, (laughs) we made it. (laughs) My gosh, over three months traveling through WA now and down to the southwest region for one of the most unique Mm. farm stays, I think, that we have done. And an idea that we hope will generate more of this for travellers within Australia. Really fantastic coming up next week. Yeah, and let's just say if you like a glass of wine, you don't want to miss this episode. (laughs) That's right. Or a bottle or three bottles. Yeah, We'll talk about that next week. All right. Well, for now, we'll say dream big. Look after yourself. Look after your family. And happy trails.